It's the Ambiguously Blind Podcast with your host, a guy that's great up hearing, but terrible at listening, John Grimes. Hey, 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 greetings. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in, subscribing, and supporting the podcast experience. You are tuned in to episode 50 of the Ambiguously Blind Podcast, and this is a special edition as we are going to talk about brewing again. And I have my esteemed colleague, Mr. Chris Elder, with us to talk about brewing. Chris, are you there? Do you have me? Uh, glad to be here, John. Yeah, thanks. Fantastic. All right. And, of course, we have Aaron has joined us, she, as she so often does, for her insights and wisdom. Aaron, are you with us? Do you have us? I am. Hi. Tremendous. Okay. Now, I want to also mention that we have brought in the secret weapon. I... I, I Words are not going to really, I, I can't do it justice, um, how how important it is that this person is with us tonight. So we have the Brew Dads, and we have Aaron. We're going to introduce the the great Heidi Elder into the mix. Heidi, are you there with us? Hey, John. The, uh, the Brew Dads and the Brew Moms get together? Uh, I was thinking maybe we'd call this Join Me for a Cider. Can anybody get, can anybody join me for a cider? I can. I think we're. I think I'm good. Sounds great. Okay. So does every. So we're gonna talk about cider. We're gonna talk about brewing again. Has everybody experienced at least in the in the room here that we're in, the virtual room in some cases? Uh, we've got some brewers with us. Do we not? Well, uh, uh, let's talk a little bit about the term brewing first, um, because when we're making cider, we're actually not brewing technically. Uh, oh, that's generally okay. what we're talking about beer but so i you know we're, we're still wah, making some good wah, fun wah. all right here. so let me uh let's go back and restart this again uh we're going to talk about that's not the brew dads it's the cider dads well no I, i'm hoping to get you into brewing that's the whole point of the brew dads is this is a stepping stone of making this is cider the, this is the gateway and then we're going to get into the actual brewing of beer gotcha so this is the gateway to the Hardcore stuff. Indeed. Okay. Well, this is our third attempt at uh, making, would that be the correct word? Cider? Sure. Cider making. Mr. Yeah. Brew Master Extraordinaire. In, <laughs> yep. Okay. So we've done it again. This is the third attempt. Now, it's been a year. Can you believe it's been a year? Actually, it's been a little more than a year. I, yeah, time's flown by. I can't believe it's already been a year. Since we've done this before. And we said we were going to do it again, like after the second time, we were going to do it, uh, you know, uh, in a couple of weeks or something. And, and here we are a year later. But, you know, things are a little crazy. And uh, we got supply chain issues, which, you know, went into this, I'm sure, right? Uh, absolutely. And, of course, if inflation and all those things have been going on. And it's taken us this long to... I, I feel like my, my jokes are falling short. So I'm just going to skip more to the... To the meat of the discussion here, we uh, okay. So we brewed, we made, we bottled, we whatever you want to call it, cider. We changed some things up from the last time that we did it, though. So let's kind of level set things where we were. So Chris, you may have to help me. Where were we? What did what did we do before? We used um, we used apple juice. We used uh, what kind of sugar did we use? Um, corn sugar. Yeah, so the, the the basic setup from last time it was we used the Kirkland brand. Like you go to Costco, get their Kirkland brand apple juice, 
uh, and then you add to it a uh, kind of a mixture of uh, corn sugar and water that you've boiled to kind of get all the any bacteria out of it that, that you've then cooled down add that in there and that kind of bumps up all of the available sugars for the yeast to then eat and turn into alcohol so it kind of raises up your uh, your ABV or alcohol by volume and then also kind of and ultimately that's what we're flavors. here for is to bump up the ABV right uh well it, you may you, that may be one reason why you want to do that um you know some people are happy with more like a four percent cider or something but uh usually folks are looking for something around seven actually for a cider and so or at least when you're making it at home but uh, you're using corn sugar in that case and then uh, you put in uh, yeast, and uh, I think you used the Bell Saison, which is one of the ones that I like to use because I like a drier cider, and it usually finishes out or like converts most of the sugars that you've added in there into alcohol, which dries it out a little bit. And it sounds uh, pretty fancy too, Bell Saison. Well, it's, you know, it's a French yeast line that they use for uh, it's a it's a it's a beer actually that they make. That, I won't attempt you know, my French accent. I want to hear it. No, <laughs> I don't feel like a southern twang French. <laughs> It'd not be good. So, one one of the things with like doing this kind of hobby is uh, to try and figure out what works for you, right? And so, one of the my pieces of advice to you back then was to you know do it one way, and then the next time you do it, just change one thing. And then that way you can kind of see what that thing did to it. And, and that is not what we did. We did not heed your advice. You did not <laughs> heed my advice here. And you never fact, change more fact, than one variable. I'm not what a scientist you, at what, all. What did you change, John? What did you change? The apple juice. We changed apple juices. And we also changed yeasts. Yeast. <laughs> yeasts. Yeast. We changed yeast <laughs> and apple juice. <laughs> but everything else was the same. So that's essentially two out of the three variables. But you still don't know what, yeah. What? Well, what was, oh yeah, we kept the sugar the same. Yeah. So that's the cool thing about cider making though, is it's fairly simple to begin with. I mean, not a whole lot to it. It It is simple based on what I've seen about uh, beer and other, yeah, it, it, it is pretty simple. So, and I'm, and I'm a simple man. I'm a simple guy. So I like simple. Simple's good. But it's probably not a good idea to change the uh, two of the three major ingredients. Well, wh uh, why don't you tell your le your listeners what you did? What, what did you change it to? Okay, so we used the Costco or the Kirkland's brand um, apple juice. We did that the first time. This time we used uh, apple juice from uh, Whole Foods brand. I think it's three sixty five, and it is. A, I don't know what Costco does to their apple juice if they pro you know what they process it with or whatever it is but the costco apple juice is pretty clear just out of the out of the bottle i'm not sure either uh they may filter it though is my guess okay like was not, not using any type of chemicals or anything like that but my, my guess is they use literally some sort of a filter and there's a bunch of those on the market you can yeah use. and so the uh just just visually looking at the 365 apple juice versus the Kirkland's apple juice. You can tell that the uh, 365 juice. It's it's. 
I even want to say they call it cider. Do you remember, Aaron? Does it say apple cider on the bottle? It does, I think. It's it's in a glass jar versus the plastic with Kirkland's, and it just says apple cider, and it looks cloudy. It tastes to me like apple juice. I prefer the taste of the 365 apple juice to the Kirkland's, personally. Um, but I think in and of itself, it's very similar, but I, I don't think it's got any processing done to it or, or very, very minimal because it is... It's definitely cloudy. You can't, you cannot see through the, the, the 365 brand. So that's what we started with. And then the other thing that we changed was the yeast. And I do not recall the yeast that we used. Chris, do you remember the yeast we used? So I forgot the brand, but it was a cider specific yeast strain that was made for cider making. Um, it's just kind of, there's, there's several out there, but it was made more specifically for a cider. Okay. And well, actually I should say one other thing that we did differently this time is we used a tilt hydrometer, which was right. fantastic. So we may get into a little more of those details of that later. And we get into the, the, uh, brewing or making process, if you will. But, uh, that was different too. And it, it added a lot more clarity to the making process anyway, as far as how things were going. Yeah. I, I own two of those and use them every single time I can. Yeah. What color are yours? I have a black and a yellow one. Oh, that's good. We have a pink one, so which is very fitting for what's going on in this house, but uh, in our brewery or cider making. Um, what's pink? Our our tilt hydrometer. Oh, exactly. See, so you can see how much involvement she had in the. Hey. So for for those that don't know what a tilt is, like oh. your wife apparently. I just got uh, the look and the yeah. <laughs> Hey, uh, you did I, the making and you're just like, okay, it's time for you to bottle. I'm like, okay. I'm it's, not here. Like I'm, it's not like I'm barking orders over here or anything. <laughs> this was a team effort. We did this together mm. for the most so part. I, Heidi bought me one of these things too um, at, as a, I think a birthday or Christmas present several years ago. Uh, and these That's are why she's the secret weapon to this whole process, Chris. That's right. That's why she's here. That's why she's here. She's also got the, the gadgets. <laughs> She's got the what? The palate, the better palate. Ah, uh, so she is. She's got the taste down. She knows what's good and what needs some help. Well, she probably wouldn't like ours, but uh, well, I, would dare, I, I, I wouldn't dare make anything without running it by her first. Okay, Let's see what she thinks. But the tilt is a uh, an electronic hydrometer. Really, um, it's supposed to be at least according to them uh, to supplement your more precise, like traditional hydrometer to figure out what your gravity readings are and essentially if you remember from one of the first episodes that we talked about that the gravity reading you need to figure out essentially how much sugar you've got in your liquid or that you're about to ferment from the start and then you do another measurement at the end and the difference between that and they call it gravity readings tells you how much alcohol you have in in your product and these tilt things are like I don't know what, what did you say? Three and a half inches long by an inch in diameter, maybe. Yeah. It's kind of, it's a cylinder and it's, it's probably like about the equivalent of two double or uh, two D batteries stacked on top of each other. I'd say Does that sound about right. Yeah. Uh, maybe a little bit, um, a little thicker uh, maybe or a little longer, but similar. Not as thick as a D battery, I'd say. Okay. But similar. C maybe. Okay. But they sit in your fermenter, and as your yeast converts your sugars into alcohol, 
it essentially thins out the the liquid, right? And so it makes it so it's easier to sink in it. And so you're the 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 cylinder literally starts tilting down, and you've got a sophisticated computer on board that knows exactly what you know. Um, yeah. So the alternative angle it is. So the alternative for people that don't really know about that, I, I would encourage you to go back and listen to the the first Brew Dad's episode where we get into a little more of the science and stuff regarding the what what happens in the bucket when it's being made. But the uh, the alternative to a tilt, which is the tilt you put it in the in the bucket for the in the fermenting bucket, where or wherever you're fermenting, and it gives you real time readings through probably through Bluetooth, I would guess, um, to what's going on in the bucket without opening it. Versus, you've done some old school gravity readings, Chris. How do you, how's the old school? How, how did they do it a hundred years ago? Well, I don't know about a hundred years ago, but how would they do it twenty five years ago? Five years ago, <laughs> and. If you're using a bucket to do fermentation, you literally have to take the top of the bucket off. You expose it to all of the oxygen that is in the room. Take a wine thief, which is essentially a glass cylinder that you've hopefully sanitized correctly. Put that in the liquid and put it into a graduated cylinder and then put your hydro- your glass hydrometer into that. And then you reseal it. Um, and oxygen is kind of the death of your product and oxygen and light are two of the main enemies of brewing or cider making and that it'll put off flavors in there it'll uh and not to mention if any wild yeasts get in there or bacteria that's going to put some off flavors in there and so anytime you're exposing what you're fermenting to the elements that's not after you've put it in there that that's not a good thing this allows you to literally not have to do any of that yeah, so instead of going through that process where you uh, open the top, put in something, uh, wine, you, you stole some wine out of the bucket, I guess, is, if you say, and then you put it in a graduated cylinder and you put your hydrometer in and like, you know, like after a probably a 20-minute process, including or maybe not even including all the uh, sanitization you have to do, then you've got your gravity reading. Um, with the tilt hydrometer, how, you know, you just open up your phone and open the app and it's like, within about five seconds, you, you know, the gravity reading. So yeah, pretty, little, pretty neat technology. A little I'll bit easier. Yeah. So, uh, I, I got some good things to say about tilt. They were, uh, were a big part of the, the third batch we did here. So it was a lot of fun to see. And you can also, it, it was cool to see, to watch it, watching the, the gravity reading change. We had ours in the fermenting bucket for 14 days. Is that right? Check me on that. Aaron, was it 14 days? I think so. Yeah, so every day about the same time I checked the uh, reading on the tilt and it told me what was going on in the bucket and it's pretty awesome. It's pink? Yeah. <laughs> so after all that, that's that's what that's the only thing that was on your mind the whole time. Well, I'm thinking that and the wild yeast. That's just not good. Well, that, that was one of the big tie-ins here, right? Was that this, I, I was talking to John about uh, brewing and, you know, cider making and, and obviously this is the ambiguously blind podcast and using technology to help the, you know. Uh, yes. It, it immensely helped me because I, you know, Aaron, we used that graduated cylinder with the little, yeah. I couldn't see that at all. I mean, you could, it was hard for you to see it yeah. actually in some, in some cases because of the clarity of the uh, cider when we were taking the reading. 
So with technology and accessible technology, which the tilt is accessible, uh, I was able to take the reading without anybody's getting involved in that because if, if I couldn't, then, then there would have been some of the people involved. So yeah. Yeah. You can sit in your living room and just look on your phone and there it is. Right. Yeah. At least that's what I, you know. watching the football game. I don't think I've seen this thing. Poof. <laughs> you now hold one in your hand. I've never seen this. What color is it? It's pink. My favorite color. I've never seen this. You've used this how many times? Just once on the last. I've never seen this. Last, uh, last batch we did. It's heavy. Well, it is pink. So how would you describe that as far as what the size is? Me? Yes, you. The one that's holding it. Yes. <laughs> I think you would be the best qualified to answer at this point. I don't know. I guess the way you described it. I don't know. And how did I describe it? If you can I, take I, us back a few minutes. I don't know. Okay. So about, I think Chris was right. It's probably two C batteries stacked on top of each other. Two C batteries. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. So you just, right before you're ready to seal everything up, you uh, drop the tilt in. Well, you got to make sure to, you know, clean and Well, you know, yes, and yes. Assur- it, assuming right? you've got all kinds of sanitization protocol and everything, but assuming you're doing all that. You drop it where? We put that in the bucket. In the bucket? Right before we put the lid on it, yeah. And so it, it, it lives in that bucket for the... The whole t- time? For the 14 days, yeah. Oh, wow. Case. I didn't know this. And it's pink. See, I only bottle. I don't... I didn't know this. Yeah. Well, it should, it should have been in there before you started bottling, right? It was, but she, you know, she kind of had laser focus, I think, on the bottling, and she wasn't really paying attention. I wasn't to, paying attention. Yeah, like, he really does do the whole, like, I'll measure some things out, but he really does the whole making of everything. So I'll leave that to him, and then he, when it's time to bottle, then I show up and bottle everything. So this, even though I said this was a team effort, the taste of this is totally on me because Aaron just indicated she didn't do anything here. <laughs> I measured things. <laughs> I did measure. All right. So you, you said you changed the juice that you put it in there to begin with. And I did look it up yeast. on Whole Foods. It does say apple juice. Okay. It's not apple cider. But it is on the picture. It is cloudy. I mean, it is a dark. Yeah, I, I would, juice. when I get like apple cider somewhere, like I'm on a hayride or something, you know, in the fall and they, you get some apple, like hot apple cider, it seems to be more in that kind of color um, scale. I, I love the taste. I think it's great. It's got a lot of fiber in it though. I will tell you, you don't want to, <laughs> you want to be careful when you, you don't drink, you're, drink you're, too much of like that stuff. Drinking a stock of celery over there. Yeah. You, you want to be careful with that, but uh, it tastes so, fantastic. In reality. Okay. So you, you guys both have a glass in front of you, I assume, right? Yes. That is a correct assumption. So uh, Aaron, you said going in, it was pretty cloudy. Uh, mm-hmm. How does it look now? Still cloudy. I did notice that. And so that, that isn't a, a thing I was hoping to talk to you about. Um, well, let's talk about that. And we, we can direct the, uh, the listener to, we have a picture of this posted on, on Instagram. So you can see kind of what our final product was. And I'm going to open another bottle here so we can um, continue to uh, do a taste test here. So w- before we get into the cloudiness, what, how's it taste compared to the first batch? I like it better. 
it's drier and I like I like the dryness better. Now don't you wish you knew if that was the juice or the yeast that man did that? I do. I'm guessing you know, it's the yeast. It would have been good if we just changed one thing. Oh. That's probably the smart way to go. You should have listened to the master. The brewmaster? Well, that's true in anything. <laughs> like you if you're testing something, then you just change one thing. What if you like how it turned out the second time or the next time? Then you've well, got then the solution right there. Just, you're done, right? Right, then, which is what we were shooting for. Well, are you there? I'm sad to report that we're not. <laughs> so now we got to figure out what we did and didn't do right. I My guess it's the yeast. So at the same time that you guys were doing this batch, um, I did a little experimenting of my own. Uh, as I said before, I traditionally, if I'm making cider, I use that Kirkland brand, you know, apple juice. And Why then, do you prefer Kirkland's? Uh, so one of the guys that um, helps me, he works at the, the brew store and actually owns a small brewery here in town and has helped me quite a bit in my brewing. And um, I, I think I said, I talked about this in one of the first podcasts we did, but he has been tremendous help in all of this stuff. And uh, I, I always thought cider making, you have to go get the, uh, you know, literally go to an orchard and get like fresh pressed apple juice and all this stuff to be able to do this. And he's like, no, just literally what he uses in, at home is this just, that's what he uses. And so that's why I started with that. Had great results with it. So that's why I've always does, gone does back to Does he use that. it commercially? Uh, no, he, I don't think he has a cider on tap at his brewery. He okay. he brews all beers there. I got you. But, uh, you know, at home, that's what he uses. And so I started using that. And so that, that variable has been constant for me. But I've been tweaking that recently with um, different yeasts and different what we call adjuncts, which are the additions that are fermentable, that essentially the additional sugars. And so uh, I did a batch a little while ago with uh, a Kolsch yeast still using that sugar, the, the, the corn sugar that you, you, you guys used in the first go and what I'd always used. And so that was one variable I changed there. And then in this last one, while you were making this current cider, I, uh, uh, instead of the sugar, so I went back to the Bell Saison yeast, um, which was my fancy. Yeah. Bell Saison. Uh, Bell Saison. <laughs> <laughs> that was my the the one that I always used, and I changed that and um, or kept that and then used uh, honey. Heidi had just bought a bunch of honey from Costco or something, and so I put a bunch of honey in there instead. And so, and I I used the last time I'd used honey or traditionally it was using that in Christmas beers. And where you're trying to get the gravity way up at the beginning. So you've got a lot of fermentables in there because honey is pretty much hundred percent fermentable. And so it really dries out whatever you're doing. So I'll make a big beer, a Christmas beer with a bunch of spices and stuff, add a pound of honey, and then that'll dry it out and usually have a pretty good product at the end. This I did on the cider. All right. Well, let's talk about that. I'm intrigued by the honey thing. Aaron's eyes just kind of lit up when you said honey too about uh what you were doing so how'd that turn out well i think heidi's got a couple of samples in front of her right now what do you think sweetie yes it is delicious 
So she in front of her, she's got the the Kolsch yeast version that that tweak, and then the honey uh, adjunct version. Which one do you prefer? Is it the sweet one or the dry one? That, so the coal yeast one, I think I would consider to be a, like a semi-sweet one or a little bit sweeter, definitely. Okay, so the Kolsch with the honey or the Kolsch with the corn sugar? Yeah, the, the Kolsch one had, the Kolsch yeast had the corn sugar in it. And then the okay. Belle Saison yeast had the honey. Okay, oh, yeah, that makes, the that makes sense. How the, um, they're both delicious. Um, I usually prefer a drier cider. Um, but in this case, I think I might have to go with the Kolsch yeast and corn sugar. Um, it's just a, a tiny bit sweeter, but still for a person who likes dry like myself, it um, is very dry. Now, if you take a look at those, how clear, how, how, what's the clarity on both of those? Um, They're both very clear. I believe the Kolsch yeast corn sugar is clearer. And can you see through the John and Aaron? Can you see through your uh, your cider? I am looking through mine at Aaron, and I cannot see anything. <laughs> but I am. I'm I do least... have a mic in front of my face. Does that? I cannot see the microphone either. Okay. No, I, I'm probably not the right one to talk about clarity, though. So, Aaron, <laughs> why don't you? Uh, can you see through our latest batch of I cider? I cannot. No, I have it right in front of my face in between the mic and I can't even see the mic through it. And it's like right there. So would you say it does not have very much clarity whatsoever? It is very, very cloudy. Some turbidity in there maybe. So at the bottom of your bottles, did you have any sediment as well? Yes. A little bit. I wouldn't say a lot. Not a lot. So there's a couple of schools of thought She's examining the bottom of our bottle right now. It's very minimal. Okay. That's good. Um, I see some but flakes. In in general, like in traditionally, most folks that are making cider or beer want to make their their product clear, right? That's like a sign of it being, you know, well polished and well done or whatever. And there's a number of ways to get that. Um, lately, however, I guess particularly in beer, that's that's kind of gone on its head because the the new style out there, like the Northeast uh, IPA craze or the juicy and hazy craze is kind of taken over a lot of folk or a lot of areas. And I think that's why we did this. We're into the juicy and hazy craze. Okay. Well, there you go. You just w- did it in your cider making. I so. think we're, we're really in tune to the latest trends in lots of things, including cider making and beer making. <laughs> Obviously. So is that just because of the unfiltered juice? Is that how come it's cloudy? That's what I'm thinking, because the first one was not cloudy. There's a lot more particulates in there, and and my guess is that the Kirkland brand gets filtered before Mm -hmm. it gets in the bottle. Yeah. This is something that's definitely unfiltered, right? Right. Uh, And it's just a juice product, like straight out of the squeeze, and it does that. Well, it comes from Whole Foods. I mean, they try to be as all... Yes, organic. Yeah, all natural as possible, so... So there's a couple of ways you can clarify this stuff. One is the f- actually filtering it. I, uh, I've done that with beer before um, with, with decent results. Um, I think it loses something when you do that. In the, that's in the that's after flavor. the brewing, though? Did you yeah, clarify? At, yeah. At the very end of the process, right before you carbonate. 
but there's other ways you can do it with uh traditionally they've used things like uh irish moss uh in the but that's like at the very beginning phase of brewing and when i mean that is beer um you'd add or and there's some wait don't you get into scotch and stuff then if we're talking about moss uh no uh, they may use the same. I'm not sure about the distilling process there, but I think the distilling does that for it already. With doesn't uh, scotch taste like moss though? Yeah, well, that's a whole other problem there. That's that'll be the next episode. Why you should be drinking <laughs> bourbon instead of scotch? Well, that's what we do around here, actually. Anyway, so join me for a bourbon for the next episode. But we're going to join for a cider now. So continue on about the the mossing process. Well, so uh, well the clarifying process and that that's one way to do it when you're brewing beer when you're talking about um cider making however and also with beer uh, one of the things i i do for my beer to clarify it is i will use uh it's actually kind of a concentrated uh irish moss it's a whirl flock tablet that is this concentrated tablet that you throw in about 15 minutes before your boil your actual brew is done something which as we discussed at the very beginning here we're not doing when we're making cider so there's another thing that i do uh in is add gelatin at the end and so if you're especially if you're kegging uh this helps a lot because you well actually there's even a whole nother step there uh, if you uh what's called cold crash either your cider or your beer bef- um bef- either before or right after you've kegged it what happens is all of these proteins that are in there are supposed to like kind of like solidify sort of and like drop to the bottom of whatever vessel you've got. The gelatin process of this actually makes that happen a lot faster and and a lot more thoroughly. And so right before I actually start carbonating in my kegs, I will put um, a gelatin solution in there and that like attacks or attaches to all the proteins and all of the particulates that are in the liquid and it just drops all to the bottom so like whenever you're done carbonating the very first you know glass that you pull off that's really cloudy but after that it's like crystal clear okay and does it does the flavor of jello matter i mean does you does it green like lime or cherry or (laughs) fruit punch well, if you're if you're looking to add, you know, some flavor, that might be a way, right? No, it's a, it's actually like gelatin finings, and it's not J E L L O like your the Bill Cosby variety. It is is the like uh, actually what goes into making Jello. Oh, okay, gotcha. But essentially the same thing. So no no extra flavor being added. We're just taking the extra. What did you call them? The particulars out of there particulate so like anything that's like these dissolved solids that are in there well, yeah it'll and kind we, of have, we have that. yeah we have some of that at the bottom of our bottle now basically which isn't really a problem for me but our our cider is definitely cloudy and just to kind of level set what what we're after i think aaron and you have to correct me on this if i'm wrong but what are the brands of cider we we're cider drink we you know aaron doesn't drink beer uh which you know pretty much means i don't drink beer right so uh, she does drink cider, I, though. I do like Chris's. Well, I had something at y'all's house when we were in El Paso. I don't know if you made it. Oh, yeah, he made that. Yeah, you did make it. It was. Uh, it probably it? had Belle Saison in it, I'm sure. <laughs> Belle Saison. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember what kind of beer that was? It was really dark. I don't know. 
I think that was one of the like uh so Heidi is a big fan of you know uh the Guinness beer. And so I I've been trying to kind of clone that. And I think it, I'm guessing that's probably what it was one of those variations that I was trying to clone. Yeah, because you told me to try a Guinness because it was similar to whatever it was that I had. Oh yeah. I did not try that? a Guinness though. You did oh you did not. I did not. And what are you waiting on? I don't know. How many years has that been now? It's been a long time. Mm-hmm. So mama's got to pick up some Guinness next time she's at the store. I think I was pregnant with Corinne and didn't know it. That's that's a whole separate podcast <laughs> right there. Because we had Lulu well, was a ba- well, she was little. Yeah, we'll talk about that one on the next she episode. She was little, little. So so anyway, Aaron doesn't like beer. We like cider. I just wanted to kind of. Level but I got with, started on cider because of Chris. Yeah, we were in Chicago. Strongbow. It was Strongbow. So I want to talk about a little bit about the kind of the brands or the the styles that we like. So Strongbow, which I think is made, is it is that European um, English cider? It's some sort of British one. Yeah. yeah. And so there's also one called Crispin. I like Crispin. Which you like. And then there's... Um, Austin's East Ciders. Austin's East Ciders is what we've been drinking for the last year, couple years anyway, because it's easily accessible mm-hmm. to us where we are in, in Texas. Um, so that's kind of what we like. And they do have a dry version. They have like the, the standard version, which is primarily what, what we, we like, but they have an extra dry version. Which is good. They have several flavors, which we don't like that. So we like the normal version the best and the dry version second best. Um, and that's kind of what we want to do, duplicate. That that was kind of our, our mission was to replicate that as best we could. And I think we've gotten closer to that with this batch than we have on previous batches. Flavor-wise, yes, yeah. for sure. This Flavor-wise, I feel like this is much better than the first. Yeah, and it's a lot closer. I think with the – I don't know, Chris, maybe you can talk about this too, but with the Austin's East Cider – uh, it seems to be a little more sweeter. Not that it's sweet, but it's sweeter than for sure what we made the first time. It was, it was. I, I don't know if wet is the word versus dry or I don't, I don't know really how you, how you classify the sweetness uh, of, of these things, but we like the Austin's East cider normal version. And, and that's what, that that's what we're comparing this against basically. So I, here's what I would suggest is you go back to the Kirkland brand and try that yeast that you just did. Because I think in my head, I'm guessing that's probably what it was that made it, that left it with that residual sweetness. So there's a couple of ways you can do with the cider also that is like, let the yeast do the work, which uh, like the Bel Saison is going to finish out pretty dry. But I think the yeast you used, very similarly to what I think happened with the Kolsch yeast that I used, it finished out, it, it didn't finish it all the way out. So it left some residual sugar there. So you can do it a couple of ways. One is just let the yeast do the work. Or after that, you can back sweeten it with some stuff if if you don't think it's uh, sweet enough. And so... A lot of folks will, or a lot of companies, I guess, will do that is back sweeten it to get to where they need to be. Okay. And for, for those listening, I, there is a photo on Instagram of the, the packet of yeast that we used. So you can go check that. I just don't have it in front of me at the moment. Um, but it's there with our, 
with our new our new brew. So, but Chris, you're telling me that I need to we need to make another batch, and we need to go back to the Kirkland's brand apple juice, and do the same process again. Use the tilt the pink tilt hydrometer, Aaron, <laughs> and um, kind of see what our see how we how we like that too. But in general, I will definitely say we like this one better than we did the last. So we've certainly made some progress. We're just not to what our exact refined palates would would like. We had the clarity and really not the taste. I mean, it was good the first batch. Yeah, the first one. Was Nothing good. wrong with it. It just. But the flavor on this one is a lot better, but we don't have the clarity. So that that's what I would do. Now, obviously, you, you guys don't, uh, you know, follow my advice. So uh, if you're not going to follow my <laughs> clearly, advice, if I had no, I told him, you know, I'm the teacher. You do one variable. I'm pouring was, some more. I was the science teacher too. Change maybe like, um, I'd, I'd, I'd actually, you know change the if you want to stick with the juice you know that that's fine but maybe do a uh, some sort of uh gelatin thing at the end uh before you but that would add a, now, see, a little that's bit an, of time add, that's an adding another variable and we're bringing bill cosby into this and i don't think we need to bring bill cosby into anything now these days well that that's the thing is it would that would be the one variable to change do it the same way you just did it with the same juice maybe because you're not going to listen to what I said. The my first advice was right, and so I am. I'm. I'm offended by that. I think we should do what you said. Keep the yeast and chain. Go back to Kirkland's apple juice. Just do that. Or maybe we should change back to Kirkland's apple juice and go with honey. Mm. See, I think that's going to not do what you want it to do. I think yeah. it's going to dry that out a lot more than you think. For the same reason that Heidi was liking the Kolsch yeast one that versus the honey adjunct. Keep the yeast. Go back to Kirkland's. Fly Heidi and Chris down here to make it for us. <laughs> mm, we could do that too. They had to come down twice. Once for the initial initial, and then once for the bottling process. And, you know, that, that could be fun. Heidi, in your in your experience, Heidi, as the master uh, taster of this stuff, what is your favorite? Like, what kind of brands of cider or something that maybe I would know about? What What do you like? Um, well, whenever we go out and I order cider, I always pick the the driest one I can find. And um, luckily, here in Virginia, we're very blessed with many many uh, vineyards and orchards and breweries. Um, so there is a ton to pick from. Um, but anything I seem to pick off the menu is not as dry as I want it to be. So for Chris to make these two and actually have one being a bit more dry than I want is actually really nice. So I don't think you've actually heard of anything around here. It's, um, you know, it's just a bunch of local stuff and we're just very blessed to have it be supplied at all of our restaurants. So you're literally going to like an apple orchard or something like that, or or a yeah. local restaurant that's getting apples yeah. locally, and they're making cider and making it to the uh, to your palate, to the to the expert palate. <laughs> well, that expert, but the I guess the normal Virginian here that enjoys cider, um, there is uh, plentiful ciders to choose from. 
Yeah, this area is kind of nice. There's a ton of wineries, a ton of breweries, and a ton of cideries, and throw in a couple distilleries to mix, and all over here. So you're just, um, I mean, why leave, right? I mean, there, there you go. Everything, well, life, the life is good, right? I think the Army's going to make us leave this summer. So. Okay, well. No. We had a really good run, though. <laughs> Can you put in a uh, like a little note or something that you'd like to be in another area with that type of environment? Uh, yeah, oh, of course. Uh, th- those are our demands, uh, and <laughs> we'll, we'll see what they say. How long have y'all been there? This will be the longest place we've ever stayed. Uh, we did uh, a year here at the in my in the graduate course, and so I got a, a an LLM degree in military law, and then. We were fortunate enough for me to get uh, selected to stay on as faculty at our JAG school. And so now we, at this coming up summer, we will have been here three years after that. So a total of four years. Wow. Which is kind of unheard of. Magical. Well, I'm sure that has to do with Heidi. I'm sure she knows how to pull the strings. I just count our, count our blessings. We're just so blessed to be here. But cider's not the only thing you guys make over there. You guys make a lot of things. And one of those is is eggnog. So tell me more about the the nogging process over yeah, there. Yeah, I want to know about this too. Cuz we've got some interested parties in in nogging over here. Well, uh this is actually this is not something I invented. This is a, actually a very easy, simple to access recipe to anybody on the planet with access to the internet um if you're mil- if you're familiar with uh, alton brown he's on like the cooking network mm-hmm. and food network yeah he's got a, several shows um through you know the mid so through the 2000s he had a really good show at least in my opinion called good eats that i've learned a lot from but uh so he's got all the, a bunch of different recipes and things to do and one of his is this aged eggnog recipe where you, from scratch you make the eggnog and it's definitely a little bit of a boozy eggnog um but that kind of goes back to how eggnog actually started did and you say like, boozy or bougie oh boozy it's not bougie <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> <laughs> no so uh in it's at least in my understanding, way back when you know there wasn't really constant refrigeration. Um, at the end of you know the season, they would uh, try to it, to store dairy, like uh, you know your cream and stuff. They would add alcohol to it to try and to make it last longer. And so uh, that was kind of how that style thing started. And so it's kind of grown from there. And so yeah, there's it, this is a, a really good recipe that you can start eat from scratch, and it is, it, like he says, an aged eggnog. So, the literally the longer that you let it just kind of sit there and do its thing, the better it tastes. Okay, so walk me through that process a little bit. I mean, do you know the recipe offhand or kind of? It, yeah. Okay, so I mean, walk so me we're talking about like a, a dozen egg yolks to start, uh, and you whisk in. I think it was like a teaspoon of salt. And then start like whisking in a pound of sugar into that mixture, and so yeah, it's it's not exactly the most healthy thing in the world. A pound that, of sugar. It makes a good amount though. Yeah, it make, makes uh, I think about three quarters of a gallon, if I remember correctly. 
in one batch. So yeah, then you add to that, you're going to add, uh, I think it was um, a, a pint of uh, heavy cream, pint of half and half, and a pint of whole milk. Uh, whisk all that together, uh, then like a, I don't know, something like a teaspoon of freshly grated nutmeg, and then a cup each of bourbon, cognac, and dark rum. A cup each? Cup each. I'm looking at the recipe. It's right very now. boozy. <laughs> it is boozy. <laughs> <laughs> Would you call it bougie, though? And bougie. <laughs> I was just trying to make a joke. Now so you, you pulled up the recipe? I pulled up the recipe. Through the miracle of the internet? Yeah. Okay. What do you got? He was right. 12 large eggs, pasteurized if you need peace of mind, a pound of sugar, a teaspoon of freshly grated nutmeg, a pint of half and half, a pint of whole milk, a pint of heavy cream. This says uh, one cup of Jamaican rum, a cup of cognac, a cup of bourbon, and a quarter teaspoon of kosher salt. Nice job, Pip. So he was spot on. Spot on. Yeah, spot on. But I will add it not in the right order. Well, you know. He put the salt in before. I told it in the order that it gets incorporated into the mixture. Oh, okay. So you put all that in a vessel? Yeah, just a big bowl. And then um, I've got a a couple of gallon, like, jugs. So how long do you let it sit? So I've made two batches this season. One I made on Halloween. Okay. which, Which is actually pretty good right now. And then... I give a, I give those away at, at uh, Christmas to, you know, I, I've actually, I, I bought a bunch of little like eight ounce jars to yeah. fill up and give those away. And even, we even made labels. To That's put cool. There. Oh, how cute. That's a good gift. I wish we would have thought of that. I think so. Christmas, we, we did, we're not very creative when it comes to Christmas. And um, now that that's behind us, maybe, maybe next year. Yeah. So how long do you let them sit for? And in the refrigerator, I presume. Yeah, you, you want to keep it refrigerated, but you could literally <laughs> last. This, they could last for like a year. Merry Christmas! Whoa. You have food poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what's kind of weird about eggnog is that you've got all these egg yolks. Yeah. That are not cooked. You know, I mean, like Rocky. It worked for Rocky, right? Ew. Well, this says. Step four, move to a large glass jar or a couple of smaller ones and store in the fridge, John, for a minimum of two weeks. A month would be better and two better still. In fact, there's nothing that says you couldn't age it a year, but I've just never been able to wait that long. And yes, you can also drink it right away. So have you tasted it right away? So, no, no, it it actually tastes good right away. Uh, it just even gets better after that as, as you age it. Interesting. So maybe we should try that. I'm going to try this because Christmas. I love eggnog. Yeah, you do. You should try it tomorrow and then try it on Christmas. Huh. It's It takes seven minutes to put together. Seven it's super easy. Super it's easy. really fast. Separate the eggs and store one. Okay, I'm reading the recipe. You need a big bowl and a whisk. Where did you find, what did you Google for this, uh, Aaron? For I the people Googled that are listening Alton at home. Brown aged eggnog. Okay. Yep. 
that'll get you there. And that sent me to AltonBrown.com aged eggnog recipe. And he might actually have a video clip of him doing it too, if I remember right, on one of his good eats. I'm not entirely sure, but could be there. I think it's on one of those, yeah. So if we make this today not to- and <laughs> age it until the next Christmas, we're looking at 11 plus months. So should be. I'm not going to be able to wait that long. And you don't have to. Well, well, mm-hmm. well, maybe we'll make it for Easter or Fourth of July. Okay. Nothing Eggnog says is for- good any time of the year. Nothing says Fourth of July like eggnog. Nathan's hamburger, uh, Nathan's hot dogs, and a glass of eggnog. <laughs> Get Let's- you a moose mug and uh, some, some fireworks, mu- and on the Fourth of July, you're rocking and rolling. Speaking yeah. of, now, I am totally okay. going off topic. Oh. Here we go. Y'all's Halloween costumes. Oh, amazing! Thank you. Oh my gosh, Thank you. Heidi. You look just like her. I watched that movie 500 times, took so many screenshots, found the exact props, costumes, everything. Y'all look... Took forever. Absolutely amazing. So that was our Halloween costume, right? (laughs) That we won a contest and won, I think it was a $25 gift certificate at this local (laughs) brewery that we love. Heidi's nice. been spending the last six months putting this thing together. It is a fantastic. However, one thing I don't think you guys are aware of, though, is what just happened last week. Well, let's back up a minute. As Aaron just described something that I don't know if the casual listener knows about. So for Halloween this year, our esteemed colleagues and guests here, Chris and Heidi, went as Clark <laughs> and Ellen. Yeah. Funny. yeah, they went as the Griswolds oh my for gosh. Uh, Halloween. It is a, it is a spitting image. I will oh my say. gosh, I identical. Like you, it's crazy. Heidi literally found the <laughs> 1984 Sears tie that Clark Griswold was wearing in the <laughs> movie. I'm not joking. Oh my I searched these thousands of ties. Thousands. Of Polo Ralph Lauren, but yeah, yeah. Like it could have been a movie prop. The sweater that he was wearing. Oh my movie. gosh. Mm-hmm. I will note that the sweater looked Yeah, the looks... exact brooch that she has. Yes. Nice. Mm-hmm. Oh my yeah. gosh. So it was Yo, well worth I love the $25 that inv- uh, prize you're saying. So if you think of the, the dinner scene in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, where, uh, so toward the back half of the movie, where they're all having dinner and all the stuff is kind of like going crazy. That's the, you know, that's, that's the costume is what they're wearing there. And now, did you, or did you not have a squirrel on your back? I did have a squirrel. You on did, my back. Yeah. Where did you find that Heidi? Oh, Amazon. <laughs> Got a no, but I, I think, I, I know. I think it's actually handmade. Um, you know, um, yeah, it's, it was a, the perfect squirrel. It looks absolutely real. <laughs> The perfect squirrel. Mm-hmm. Yep. So she put little two snaps little... to his feet. Yep. I couldn't get over your hair. Oh, that was magical. Sometimes hair agrees and sometimes hair does not. The hair. So alone. it just happened. It just happened to work that day. Oh gosh. So I was like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> it could not. Y'all couldn't have looked any better. I mean, I remember running out and telling, showing John the picture. Yeah, they look exactly like them. It was crazy. It was such a that good costume. A lot of fun. Oh, so that, that costume you. that Heidi put together, 
is so badass that uh, last week we went to a another different brewery that happened to have a National Lampoon's Christmas nice. Vacation <laughs> costume contest, like completely <laughs> coincidental. Mm-hmm. And what what happened there, Heidi? Well, we won. You won. Yeah, yeah. we won that one. And what did we win? <gasps> Yeah, number one prize was five hundred dollars. Shut up! Whoa! No way! <laughs> yeah. So that makes it worth it. <laughs> yes, it does. Unless your dishwasher dies. <laughs> and <laughs> well, then you gotta. <laughs> there goes that money. Why dishwasher. you won it? <laughs> exactly. See? Yeah. yeah. <gasps> yep. That's y'all should have. I mean, it was spot on. I think it's the best Halloween costume I've I've ever seen. I'm not joking. Oh, I'm not just saying that. You. It was fantastic. It was a lot of fun. Y'all looked great. Yeah, it, was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. The hair, though. I can't get over the hair. Right? That picture? Yeah. Yes. Just perfection. Thank you. You it's are great, <laughs> That's probably my favorite holiday movie of all time my Chris, my favorite christmas movie of all time yes yes with christmas just a few days behind us now it is i i think it's a good time to recap some of our favorite holiday or christmas movies if we can did did anybody can you can you think of some of your top movies maybe anybody come prepared for the oh aaron is Aaron came prepared, actually. Oh, so we had a little I'm production excited. value in this. We we talked that maybe we'd get into holiday movies. Now, let me ask you this before we get involved with the lists: is uh, <laughs> is everybody happy? Christmas is over from the TV perspective, or do you miss this time of year? Are you are you happy to see all the movies and shows? And do you watch the Hallmark Channel? Does anybody else do that? I've been. I was sucked into the cheesy Netflix Christmas movies. That that's about the same as the Hallmark that's Channel. The same as the Hallmark, yeah. Christmas Are you telling me you my... actually watch the Hallmark Channel? I do not. I don't think we have somebody, Hallmark. <laughs> somebody at this house does. We do. No, I. Christmas is my favorite. It's my favorite time of year. I love right, it. Aaron. I love the We're, decoration. You seem prepped, Aaron. What are your top five? And the music, right? The music. Oh, I've Ooh, got. Let's talk about I music got, too. I but... got music too. I have my favorite Christmas <laughs> songs. She on is the back. showing a list of of songs and movies <laughs> for those that can't see. Oh, uh, like me. Uh, she is. She is ready to go. So, Aaron, let's just start with you. Give me your top twenty six holiday movies. <laughs> no, I only put ten. Okay, good. Oh. Well, let's save us some time. Go but, ahead. But I have to say, like, five are, I went traditional Christmas. Like, when you think of Christmas, these, you know, cr- these are the Christmas movies. Let's have the top five, then. Then I have five that they were filmed, like, Christmas is the just happens to be the holiday. I wouldn't say they're Christmas movies, but... The movie is happening at Christmas time. It's revolving around Christmas. I don't know if I'm saying that right. So Christmas Vacation is my number one. Number one. Oh yeah. Interesting. Oh, yeah. It's my number one. Interesting. But a I, we close have... second is Elf. Ooh. Mm, also interesting. Okay. I love those. 
Okay. Miracle on 34th Street. Didn't get any oohs and ahs on that one. Well, that's kind of. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, ooh. Oh, a Christmas ooh. story. Okay. If I have to rank them, Christmas Vacation, Elf, A Christmas Story, Miracle on 34th Street, which I haven't seen in a long time. I need to, I need to go back and watch that one. And then I put It's a Wonderful Life, but it's kind of depressing. But it's a good one. It, it is kind of depressing. Heidi, what about you? Do you have any uh, top holiday movies? Sure. Um, I did write down my top five. Ooh, you came with a list, too. Wow. It's almost like <sighs> we, we, we organized this beforehand. But only one of them actually has people in it. I prefer the cartoons. <laughs> so, yes. Like Charlie Brown Christmas? Yes, that's number five. Ooh. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so number one is Elf. Mm-hmm. And number two is The Muppets Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. It's a classic from my childhood. Mm-hmm. And then also classics are The Claymation, The Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and Frosty the Snowman. Mm-hmm. And then, yep, we just talked about number five, Charlie Brown. So it's just, um, yeah, nothing's really pulled me in from recent years. Although I did watch the... Uh, what is it? A castle for Christmas or something? Oh yeah, <laughs> you know the the new cheesy ones. Yeah, yeah. I have not but, watched um, that one yet, but I yeah, they just on haven't replaced it. my top five. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Christmas Vacation was it in your top five? I also noted that. <gasps> yes. I know. This is the well, you know that's that's <gasps> really my marriage. I'm so sorry, Chris. <laughs> I, I just I grew up thinking it was a bit vulgar. Uh, from... But yet you dress up for it and win two contests. <laughs> I love costumes and productions. <gasps> well, and it is a good movie. I've like really fallen in love with it for the you know five hundred times that I've seen it. Um, it is a lot of fun, and there's a lot of cool creative things that are going on in the background as well. It's quite clever. So, well, it's um... just like any family Christmas. <laughs> I mean. That's what's so great, what's so great about it. I mean, it may not be your exact family Christmas, but there's elements of of any family Christmas you can you can draw from that. I mean, I mean, you can't see the line, can you, Russ? That's I mean, what I was about to say. You can't see uh, the line. Where, where, where do we stop with the lines? I mean, I don't know. I grew up in a dry household, no cussing. You know, it was just everything that that wasn't. So, <laughs> but, but now it's well. I know that it's Chris, really it's really fun. I knew that Chris grew up in a totally cussing household. <laughs> That's yeah. some sarcasm. Yes, right? yes, of course. So, uh, what about Bobby you, Chris? is listening. What about you, Chris? So, uh, I, I think my number one's obvious Christmas Vacation. That is hands down the best Christmas movie, if not probably one of the better movies on the planet ever. Interesting. Um, yes. Yeah. I, and I will go there. I agree. I agree. So, my second one is a little bit more current traditional i'm going to go with christmas story i have to watch it every single year we watched it every single year growing up and you know that's just so funny it's awesome uh and that's where i kind of go non-traditional now for my my third fourth and fifth picks here i don't think heidi knows this but elf is not in my top five actually (gasps) it is actually number six I will give it number oh. six, but uh, I do, I'll I do take like it. Elf. But it, it is number six, but not top five. Number three. You can find me is, the DVD. What's that? 
Oh, you did buy me the DVD. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's a good movie. I watch it every year. It's a uh, great. It's great, and it's funny. Santa. And I don't know how you can't like Will Ferrell. I know as, him. <laughs> I know you smell like cheese and meat. <laughs> <laughs> or meat and cheese or whatever he says. Oh uh, my gosh. There's so many great one-liners. Yellow ones don't stop. <laughs> don't let your kids watch it. Just yet. Uh, Hi, this is Buddy the Elf. What's your favorite color? I mean, like, it's just so many one-liners. <laughs> it's great. So I think my, my third pick might give you a little insight into my other side of humor is and why I like Christmas Vacation is... Bad Santa. Oh, mm. dude. That, that really. <laughs> that beat Elf. Yeah, that really drops down quite a few rungs. What's going to be four and five? <laughs> oh, my uh, gosh. Well, so four is Trading Places. That's a good one. Trading Places? I don't even probably remember that, Aaron. That's where I don't think uh, I've heard of Eddie it. Murphy. Yes, I know Trading Places. Dan Aykroyd. Oh, Dan Aykroyd. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that I is a Christmas it. movie. Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then five is Scrooged with Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Oh, geez. Elf totally beats at least four and five. Oh, There's I a think lot of comedy <laughs> infused in those top five of yours, Chris. Notice that so Die Hard is number seven. Right I was gonna Elf. say Die Hard is gonna be in there somewhere. I was gonna mention Die Hard because that's certainly a because that happens at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Very controversial. For me, the the biggest things are gonna be there. So uh, Christmas Vacation is, is number one, definitely for me. And you would know that because it, as Christmas Vacation starts. You'll see the little <laughs> animation that starts with with Christmas Vacation, you know, at the beginning, and Santa has his list, and he's going he, he, the scroll, and it and unrolls, and does anybody know the names that are I on do. the scroll? I does, do. Does anybody else? Okay, so what names are on the scroll that you might recognize? Grimes, which comes right before <laughs> Griswold. I'll. <laughs> In the suspense. So right above Griswold, there's Grimes. And you know what? Grimes has a check mark. Grimes has been has been nice. Been Griswold has, does not have a check mark yet. So that's where you gotta be careful. The I mean, I I don't know when I started watching Christmas Vacation. Cause as Heidi mentioned, it's a little It is got yeah, some there's yeah. some there's some stuff in there that, you know, you, you want to be at least in high school. Or for at least these days you want to be at least in Elementary, um, as the rating system has slid quite a bit from from when it was 20, 30 years ago. But there's there's some adult content. I'm in there. picturing the pool scene where the the woman is on. Oh the diaper. yeah! <laughs> oh my gosh! Or just the lingerie buying stuff. Good scene too. Oh there's gosh. also some language in it. Yeah, and some groping. But nothing says Merry Christmas. And you might notice, Aaron. Do you see what shirt I'm wearing tonight? Oh, yeah, your new Griswold shirt. So uh, a tremendous friend of mine, Drew Motter, sent me a, 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 it says Griswold Family Christmas, and it's got the year on it, 1986, and it's got a picture of the uh, the the station wagon with the tree on top that Clark <laughs> dug out with his hands by himself, and, you know, he says later in the movie, 
when uh, Eddie says that's a that's a peach of a tree or something. You got Larry Clark, and he's like, yeah, I dug it on my dug it out of the ground with my hands. Is that a fact? You know, when they're in Walmart and he's stacking bags of uh, <laughs> dog food on top of the the light light bulbs. Light bulbs oh, old Roy, right? Old Roy, <laughs> exactly. Yes. So, uh, shout out to Drew Motter for the shirt. I appreciate that. But that's definitely number one for me. Um, it, it's it's certainly not traditional, and there's nothing based in Christianity on the movie, loosely at best. Um, but I want to say, for me, Elf's probably number two, and that's a lot of influence yeah. from Aaron and Will Ferrell. Uh, that's. Heidi got excited about that one. She did. She should because it's pretty good. It's such a great movie. It's wonderful. It is. It really is. There's an element in there for kids, but although it's not for kids either, because there's some there's some stuff in there that shouldn't be for uh, for kids. But you mean you're not supposed to go into like women's showers room or shower and, rooms, yeah. right? Because that's totally against. <laughs> Sing to them. While yes. They're... Yes. Definitely. Is that maple when... syrup? I love syrup. On your on your, on spaghetti. your spaghetti. Right. Oh, in the mailroom. Mm-hmm. Syrup in your coffee. What a great idea. Yeah. So, but yeah, like like Die Hard, I was thinking about that, and there was a few other... What about Four Christmases? Can anybody relate to that? No. Yeah, I, I actually have that on my list as well, my top ten. Yeah. Um, where you have to go to four houses for Christmas each year. I'm yeah. sure a lot of people can relate to that. And... I think I've seen that with you. Vince Vaughn is pretty good in that, and he's got, there, there's some good side characters there. Yeah. It, it it's pretty funny. So my other five. In case anybody wants to know. Well, what was your top five then, John? Uh, I don't have a list. I'm the only one that came without a list, so I don't know if I mentioned Christmas five or Vacation, not. Elf, Four Christmases, Die Hard. Uh, yeah. Die Hard. Well, I, I I don't know if I was. I do but... not think of Die Hard when I think. Well, no. Of Christmas. I, so back up a little bit. Uh, Christmas Story. I watched that. I, that's, that's a great. Fantastic. One. So oh that's probably uh, two or three for me is Christmas Story. What a great! I mean, who could not relate to Ralphie and you know the, the the hijinks of kids growing up and the you know it's something else too about the little orphan Annie's. Uh, I think it was little orphan Annie. The yes the 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 puzzle the yeah thing the, that he was it's, doing. It's a thing. The twisting. Yeah. Oh, making yeah. a twisting motion. What what was it like a. Code. Secret decoder. Yeah, the decoder, secret yeah. decoder. And so the the imagination. Little, or, little orphan Annie decoder ring. Yeah. Yes. So the imagination yeah. of children, like, so at our house, we had a uh, elf on the shelf, like millions and millions and millions of people, which I wish we would have thought of that, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's amazing to me how kids just totally buy into whatever the parents say oh, yeah. on this, <laughs> this elf on the shelf or wherever he is or she is. Well, just Santa too. Like, well, that, but but the elf takes it to another level because the elf has zero animation, says nothing, does nothing, but yet they believe they can talk to it and it'll, you know, transcribe that information to Santa so they will get gifts. I mean, it, you got to love. Well, it works every year for him, right? Abs- well, uh, so far, so good. Yeah, our oldest is a little, uh, maybe... Skeptical is not the right word, but she's... Well, she was asking questions. She was questioning things. She's almost seven. And she's been questioning things since... I remember when she was five. And I was like, you're five. Just be a kid. Just go with it. Believe me. 
Stop asking questions. Just go with it. But she's, she said something the other day. She's like, I'm not so sure about this whole buddy thing. Buddy's the name of our elf. We, we need, so actually, that goes back to the movie. We named our elf Buddy. Yeah, for Buddy the Elf. For Buddy the Elf, exactly. It's from, elf. from from Arthur's elf. Tinkerbell for you know the yeah. only fairy that they know. So it's exactly. yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't know what my top five is, Chris, exactly, but that's a trip around them anyway. Well, maybe if I gave you my last five. Oh, I think everybody yeah. would feel more comfortable if you gave us our last your last five. That you yeah, I want to hear it. Um, okay, again, revolves around Christmas. As it okay. should. These are Christmas movies. Home Alone. Yeah. I did watch that the other day. Now, this may be stretching it, but it's a good one. A Family Man. Uh, help me out on that one. Nicholas Cage. He's the businessman. Like He broke up with his college girlfriend because he was going. Anyway, it's all about like. Is that the like, one where he leaves the tip for the waitress? No. Is that the one where he's on the. No, he the, wakes prison, up one morning. Alcatraz, the prison. It's like what his life is. He's a businessman, millionaire, mm-hmm. but he broke up with the love of his life, and then he wakes up then one morning at Christmas, and he is oh. married to his girlfriend that he had broken oh up with. Oh my gosh, I they, do remember that. That is a great kids. movie. It's a great movie. Mm-hmm. I and forgot about it. All around Christmas, mm-hmm. it's a family stone. No, I have seen that. It's a good one. There, it's kind of a downer of a topic. It is, but, but it's, it's a both good of those movie. are kind of downery too, though. It's like, a great. The Family Stone is a great kind of family getting together kind of thing. Yeah, Love Actually. Okay, you lost me there for sure. Oh, it's a good movie. Yeah, I can't. Is that a it. Christmas movie though? As you, no, but neither is Die Hard, Chris. That's a fair point. <laughs> but <laughs> I didn't have Die Hard in my top five. Which is also true. But These she, are not my top five. She's expanded from her top five. <laughs> Touche. I would definitely put Die Hard in front of Love Actually, though. Uh, now, see, you can totally tell. This is like when John and I were dating. I'd have my movies that I had my DVDs and be like, you could totally put all of John's movies in his pile. Not even knowing us. So you'd be like, okay, these are his movies. These are her movies. And while you were sleeping. That's a Christmas movie? It's mm. not a Christmas movie, but neither I mean, is Die Hard, at, Chris. I, I mean, it's set <laughs> at great, Christmas. Great point, Chris. It Thank is you. set at Christmas. Yeah? Yes. Okay. I, I guess I, I don't even think I watched the, that whole movie in its entirety. It's a great movie. It's really sweet. Now, I, you know, if you're going to have to choose between Die Hard and While You Were Sleeping, I know die you're going to choose Die Hard. Die Hard. Definitely. Die hard. He walks on glass. But have you seen it? It's a sweet movie. Dies hard. I yes, mean, he dies on, extremely awesome. hard. Gosh, it's like the cla- the last line of the movie. Peter once asked me when it was I fell in love with Jack. And I told him. When I was walking on glass. It was while you were sleeping. Oh. It's a great movie. I got them mixed up there. It's what just, else do you have on your list? That's it. I have 10 movies. That's it. Now, well, she, went in the, she made another list. I did make another which list. Which we were not prepared for for this. So we'll probably end it with this because this will... Probably end very quickly from this point. I've got two more movies. <laughs> honorable mentions. Shoot. Not on there, but I, I would consider to be honorable mentions here. Planes, trains, and automobiles. <laughs> That's a good one. That John is a good Candy. one. It is oh, fun. I like John Candy. And Gremlins. <gasps> Gremlins. 
Gremlins. I'd have to choose Gremlins over Die Hard. Interesting. <laughs> what about so some of the animation stuff? What about the Grinch that stole Christmas? I never got into the Grinch. I'm not a Grinch fan. The animated, I I enjoy, but not the live action. So, did you mention all of your animation favorites, Heidi? Yes, I just had the five. I well, you know, and four of them were animation. What were those again? Um, the Muppets Christmas Carol is number two, mm-hmm. and then three is Rudolph, four is Frosty's Snowman, five is Charlie Brown. Yeah, um, those those three, four, and five, those are all good, especially as a kid. Oh yeah, Ru- Rudolph, Rudolph, Frosty, Frosty, yeah, and uh, Charlie watching. Brown. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and we're working through those with our kids right now too. That's probably why I chose them because it's it's memories upon memories now that I'm able to share with my with my five and the girls now three year old the Charlie Brown Christmas at your parents' house the other day. Yeah, they weren't too motivated by that. They were like, eh. and they're not animation's kind of lacking because they're they're pretty <laughs> used to current day animation, you know. <laughs> and I've I even I mean I've read to them the Grinch stole Christmas. I think I've attempted to, this was not recently, it might have been last year, of watch, letting them watch it, and they weren't interested in it. Yeah. They want the 4K HD. Sure. Well, I yeah. think it just was kind of scary to them, too. Oh, yeah. I could see that. That was, it was more of the fear factor for that one, mm-hmm. which I totally understand. Okay, and to wrap things up, let me just ask you this. We didn't prepare for this, I don't think, but... If you could give me, uh, now that Christmas is in our review mirror, is there a song that you are either really happy you hear each time of this year and or a song that you're really happy you're not hearing anymore? I'm happy with anything that Michael Buble sings. I'm shocked, Darren. (laughs) But I will go like a traditional. I like all those songs that we sing it. At church at Christmas. So I'd have to say the first Noel or maybe Silent Night. Or oh, something. Holy Night, Silent Night. Those are all on my list. Okay, those are good. I think I'd have to go with the first Noel. Noel. Sung by Michael Bublé. You know, it, it, yeah. Or anybody. I just love it. But you know, Michael anything Bublé. Cliff Kingsbury sings too, right? That'll That'll work. Anything that Cliff Kingsbury sings? He could be standing next to Buble and let Buble sing. Like a duet between Cliff Kingsbury and Michael he did, Buble? Not even a duet. Well, <laughs> he could just stand there. That would be an awkward duet between Cliff Kingsbury yeah. and Michael Buble. But just oh. let Michael Buble, you know, my, I could look at Michael Buble all day long, too. He's not too shabby either. But he just has that voice. All right. Do you guys have anything to add to your uh, Christmas song? Heidi's the big christmas song fan oh i love it all i love it all my favorite is probably yeah you know everything i grew up with so away in a manger hark the herald all fantastic i'm going to miss and i can't wait to play thanksgiving of next year that's when i'll start listening probably um but the the sad ones are always the ones that get me you know the the buying the mama the brand new shoes and Mm. that one always gets me you know it just like makes you tear up you know any sort of you know the, the sadness and the pureness of the, the love of Christmas of wanting some like gift for somebody else. It just, 
kind of breaks your heart, you know, somebody's going through something. So, well, we listen to a pretty good mix of Christmas music. I always struggle with when that begins. And you just mentioned uh, Thanksgiving is when that begins, Heidi. And yeah. I would like well, it to begin. Well, hold on. Uh, 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 ask her about that as to why that <laughs> is in our household. Okay. Why does Thanksgiving begin the holiday, the Christmas music season, Heidi? Um, well, it technically doesn't. I guess I just. No, that's a me. That's a me thing. All right, Chris, well, why don't you answer the question? Hey, John's with you on that one. I'm like, it's November 1st. Let's listen to Christmas music. Uh, Heidi's very delicately trying not to throw me under the bus. She would listen to Christmas music in July if she, in a house. It's in my car. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I can relate to that because I'm trying to always push the date back. It's like December 1st, December 1st, December 1st. December 1st? You're all fast it's December so happy, rest. though. So yeah, it's like one with just one holiday at a time. Like appreciate and yes, recognize exactly. Let's get the through Thanksgiving before we move to the next one. It, it it's such a disservice to Thanksgiving to start looking at Christmas before you get through Thanksgiving. Exactly. I appreciate I it. I just... you, you count your blessings during Thanksgiving. You count your blessings during Christmas. It's all happy, being thankful for things. I it say, is. bring it on. Well, bring it, it on. It's definitely all thankful. So I will say like, like you, you want to talk about like zero eight hundred on like the day after like Black Friday day after Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. Christmas is on in full force in the elder house. Oh yeah. I take full advantage. We go get it, get our tree. We get all the stuff, the, the decorations. We go out to the stuff. Christmas field and actually chop down the tree. Like the Griswold. Oh, just like the Griswold. Oh yes. Absolutely. Hopefully you bring an ax or a uh, chainsaw or something. I brought my own Use power saw this time. Okay, yeah. good. Yes, and <laughs> some gloves. Well, my goal every year is to have the cr- the tree up before Thanksgiving. It did Ooh, not happen. I like that. Before Thanksgiving. Before Thanksgiving. Oh, see, that's a no go. Yeah. In, in at least oh, in my head. I like it. Yeah. yeah well, it's a no go here too, except except it's not because we did have that this year, and and probably <laughs> for most years actually. I just the month goes by so fast. I mean, it you just it blink and it's over, and it's like I want to enjoy it. That's, I mean, that's what I just love about. Christmas is the giving to people. I don't need anything. I just love giving to people. I love the decorations. I love the lights. I love how excited the girls get. Mm-hmm. I just love it. I love it all. Now, what would Laurel say her favorite song is? She sang it. She always asks for it. Oh, Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. It's <laughs> a good one. <laughs> and we know a lot of Spanish right here too, so we know exactly just, what it means. Yeah. I mean, that girl is just singing her heart out in the back car, in the back seat, just, just so sweet. I don't know why she likes it so much, but she does. And what's the new one that Emma's learning in school? Yeah, and this is a topic for another discussion (laughs) altogether. But Mama, uh, I saw Mama kissing Santa Claus. They're learning that in elementary, and uh, I'm not sure that I'm. Heyo, exactly. Scandalous. It is. You know, they don't know it. They don't, you know, of course they're a little so innocent. But Sean's like, is that appropriate for her to be seen? And as a side note, we did have a discussion with the teacher, not related to this, but we I, I brought it up. I was like, wow, that's kind of forward thinking. 
in elementary. She's like, well, usually they do, I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. I'm like, there yeah, you let's, go. let's go with that. Let's <laughs> stick with hippopotamus for Christmas. So that's just things that people have to look forward to. Yeah. So I, I, I will tolerate Christmas music in batches, like particularly Christmas time in the house and that after Thanksgiving. One of the big songs that I'm very glad that uh, not to hear again for hopefully the next year, if not more, would be Wham's Last Christmas. Last yes, Christmas, yes. gave you my heart. What's the one it's that about? It's <laughs> in every single yes. store you ever go into, <laughs> on every station, everywhere. Now, what is the one? See, I like that song. I don't mind that song. What? But the one that I cannot stand. I don't even know why it's a Christmas song. They play it. The one where he's in the car. He's an drinking architect a six drinking a six-pack of beer. That is so, what's that guy's name? I'm like, every time I hear it, I'm like, why is this a Christmas song? This is not a Christmas song. Oh, I can't remember his name. But yeah, you've heard it. And you probably, I would it's assume you don't like it. beating of a I song. I hope you don't like it. I, I do enjoy Christmas music. I, I generally try to stick with, t- tend to stick with most of the, Christian-based hymnal type ones like we've already mentioned, Holy Night and Hark the Herald's Hark a good the Herald one. Joy to the World. To, yeah, those are all tremendous. I Angels we have heard on high. Love it. Um, but um, there there are some secular ones that I certainly like. Like I mean, the Carpenters. Oh yeah, you're Christmas. a big fan. I mean, for guys that were were designed to do woodworking, those guys knock it out of the park on singing. I mean, Karen you, you Carpenter. You know, it's a gal that's singing. Karen Carpenter. Well, I say guys and kind of in the general term. Karen Carpenter. Sleigh Ride. I, I don't know if there's much better. That's a good than, one. Uh, Karen Carpenter singing Sleigh Ride. But, you know, I, I like Michael. I agree with you there. I like Michael Buble. See, now and, I have Wham stuck in my head. Uh, what about Mariah Carey, though? Ugh. I, what about Darlene Love um, singing, uh, is it? Just Christmas, Christmas time. I think is the song. It's Christmas just time, yeah. Tremendous. Oh, and she's yeah. So great. And another one is oh, so there is a Christian-based song that uh, bare naked ladies sing. Uh, with really? with um, what's oh, her name? Sarah, Sarah McLaughlin. Um, she's great. It's it, and and there's also a song that the Pretenders sing, Two Thousand Miles." Is a great song by the Pretenders, which is a Christmas season song, not a necessarily a Christmas song. But what's the song by Bare Naked Ladies? Um, it's "God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen" and "We Three Kings" yes. as a song with Sarah McLaughlin. If you haven't heard it, it is fantastic. They really do a it is good great job with that. So I don't know. There's all kinds of songs that uh, come around this time of year. And maybe Wham is your thing, or maybe maybe Bing Crosby is your thing, or or uh, something. Um, maybe Aaron Neville is your thing, or maybe or maybe the waitresses are your thing. That's a good one too. There's lots what? of songs. The waitresses. The waitresses. Yeah. I can't remember that? the name of that song, but you've heard it. The waitresses. It. it we, Right after you hear Wham in the, the department Last store, you hear you hear the waitresses singing about uh, Christmas time. So it's it's a secular thing, but it's it's catchy too. As sad as I am to see Christmas behind us now, um, it's good because it, there's there's a time and a place for the music. You don't want to hear it all year because it makes it special to hear it. Heidi certain, and I do. 
I okay. love it. Well, then. Sometimes I just put it on to clean the house, work out too. It's happy and upbeat. And I know what we're getting Chris next year for Christmas. What's that? Last Christmas. Wham CD. Oh, here it goes. Here's the waitresses. <laughs> now, because of copyright infringement, uh, which Chris would know a lot about, I don't know how much we can play of that, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know what you mean. Very I got it now. Yes, that's the, wa- the waitresses. Yeah. So. That is a good one. Of all of the songs that we could have possibly made it on this podcast, I've never in a million years would have guessed that that was the one. That's yeah. a good song, actually. I didn't know it was by the waitresses. Yeah. I'm glad yeah, I didn't either. Well, I hope you guys had a good Christmas. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. We're going to brew again. I think we know what we're going to do. We're going to change the the juice and the yeast, right? To something else? Yes. Now we're whamming. <laughs> Yes. Tell me, baby. <laughs> you also have to watch this video. It's ridiculous. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart, but the very next day, gave it away. I should mention that this is when people start to tune out right here. This is. <laughs> I don't know if it's Wham, George, George Michael, or, or Aaron. Aaron singing. Yeah. But this is episode 50, the end of uh, 2021. It's been a wild and uh, wacky year, I would imagine. A lot of people can uh, attest to that. So I want to thank you, uh, Chris, and, of course, the uh, illustrious Heidi for joining us with all of your um, your candor and your uh, information on the, uh, the brewing process. We should do it again. I don't know when, but it's been a lot of fun. We need to do it after we make eggnog all right that is on my list make it now we'll get to noggin (laughs) and we'll get back to maybe eggnog for uh, easter Mm. valentine's day (laughs) there you go yeah that's coming up Mm -hmm. sounds good to me martin luther king day Mm -hmm. right around the corner right around the corner and then of course aaron's birthday is coming up then and chris's birthday uh, that's it. Between MLK, Chris's birthday, and Aaron's birthday. Our we'll, anniversary. We'll do, let's not forget that's about right. that, too. Yeah. We'll celebrate their anniversary by way. drinking some nog. I can't think of I a better it. way to celebrate. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining. Happy uh, 2021. And it's going to be a tremendous 2022. Yes. It's going to be a great year. We, 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 at least on our end, we got a lot of stuff going on next year. So, uh, it, it's going to be awesome. Cool changes yeah. coming. We got a lot of uh, good things planned for the podcast moving into 2022 as well. So should be fun. Thanks for spending time with the ambiguously blind podcast. Please rate and write a review wherever you subscribe and connect and share with us at ambiguouslyblind.com.